So, welcome everybody to um, an episode of Martin's World Podcast, and this evening I have a special guest who I recently met through Instagram, um, Lisa is uh, the person behind the Chronic Pain Criminal, and uh, I, I found it was very powerful when I seen some uh, posts there from Lisa where uh, she was showing the alternative medication that she was forced to take, as opposed to cannabis. And uh, it was mostly as a result of the ongoing drought uh, that's upon us because of the whole coronavirus. Um, Lisa is uh, currently doing an arts degree in um, UCC um, in film and folklore. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you remember those ones. <laughs> and uh, so, like, she's currently you now uh, forced to take some of these other medications, which are probably Im- impacting upon her ability to do the, the arts degree and all of that. So, um Without further ado, we'll get on to this. Uh, so, um, welcome along here uh, this evening, uh, Lisa. Thanks very much for gracing me with, with your time and uh, and for get, helping uh, get this story out here to the audience, basically. My pleasure. Um, so, if, uh, if you'd like to, to start, um, how did what made you start that page? Um, the reason I started it is because I just started to get really pissed off with the idea that I had to constantly be doing things in the shadows and, you know, sussing people, getting ripped off, having, like, pariahs on my Instagram page, like, trying to follow me who are just, like, trying to rip me off, you know. It was just that constantly. And I, and I figured, like, literally the only thing I'm doing breaking the law is to get pain relief. Mm-hmm. So I figured that's what I am, like, you know, I'm a criminal because... I have chronic pain. Yeah. And um And was initially the the guys kinda of haunting you or trying to scam you, that that was through your own personal Instagram page, was it? Yeah. Uh, before you made the, the chronic pain criminal yeah, one. It was, okay. yeah. Okay. Because I'm, I'm definitely aware of some of those scammers that are out there like yeah. and they, they are they're just straight up trying to get your money off you. I got scammed. And, oh yeah, you see yeah. and how easy it can happen to people, you know. When you're desperate, like, you know. And that that's what it is. It's they're preying on people yeah. in desperate situations. As I was saying there earlier, like there's a, a drought at the yeah. moment, so a lot of people are unable to get cannabis through their regular routes as uh, it's probably what's going on with yourself as well. You got desperate and yeah. So what what happened there when you you got ripped off? Was it uh, something you prepaid and it never arrived, or? Yeah, like I kind of knew straight. I kind of knew, you know, when it's too good to be true, and okay. that that person was like, I was like, um, you know, I'll just get a little bit, and he was like, I oh, know, you know, double it, like, and I'll leave you a bit off, you know, and then I was like, hmm, but I was desperate, so I said, look, I'll give it a go. If I lose the money, I lose the money. And lo and behold, as soon as I pay them, they deleted their accounts, blocked uh, me. Um, you know, they were impossible to find after that, yeah. so I couldn't even like so call them. This out. person you met through Instagram was it? Yeah. And so, how did you pay them then? Was it PayPal um, or PayPal? It was a PayPal. Okay, so yeah. Yeah. that's a common enough thing uh, yeah. where people are like, "Oh yeah, just put the money into this yeah. account." Like, but yeah, it's it's a constant problem. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's something that more people need to be aware that it is a problem out there because uh, so many people now out there are trusting these accounts because. Mm. of their desperation as yeah. you say yeah so so um with, with your own situation then um like wh- where does your pain stem from uh, is this something uh, that you've always suffered with or is this something that's recently come up in your own life um to be honest with you ever since i was a kid you know um i would have like horrible cricks on my neck and 
always in pain for some reason or okay other. yeah um but then in my 20s i was um knocked down off my bike um in holland and i i was looking the wrong way okay so yeah they just came at me i got really bad whiplash um and in shock i got back on my bike and cycled off and i've been dealing with that problem ever since okay but um every time i went to the doctor they would give me tablets so like physiotherapy and stuff like that is bottom of the list you know first thing they want to do is give you tablets yeah so because it's yeah. easier to give a person tablet than have a person come in and engage with a physiotherapist yeah you can give a hundred people tablets in an hour but you can only deal with maybe one or two people in physiotherapy in an hour in terms exactly. of people the the person ratio like uh yeah so yeah, you can you can understand why then there is much more of a push there to to just get people onto these medications. So yeah. why mm-hmm. um, have you experienced much? Uh, I suppose uh, side effects to, to those medications, or have you just refused to to take them? I take them when I'm desperate. When you're desperate, yeah. There, I see the medication as emergency medication. So um, I I take them only when I absolutely have to. Yeah, and and the reason I only take them when I absolutely have to is because with the salpidol, which is the codeine and the paracetamol, um, first of all they make you feel sick, they make you drowsy, um, you know they can put, they make you sleep, they can put you to sleep, you know, um, it's all yeah. all those things, and when you're trying to like um, let's say study or like you know have a normal life it's Mm -hmm. really difficult to uh, do that while taking uh, codeine you know and I mean I've gone into college where I've been just unable to concentrate sitting there in agony you know just because that was my option you know yeah and you know um, and it got to the point where you know I reached a stage where I'm like, right, this, the canvas really does help with the pain, you know? So mm-hmm. I would have to have uh, a smoke before college. Yeah. And, you know, people will say, oh, you know, you can't concentrate. But I could concentrate a hell of a lot better um, after a joint than I could after necking salpidol. Yeah. And Valium as well, the muscle relax, to relax the muscles. Yeah. Know? With the Valium of the D5s, as yeah. they did as Pam and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and I suppose they, they come with their own side effects then as well. Mm-hmm. And, and not to mention the yeah. fact that they're highly addictive. Like, I yeah. kind of know a couple of people there who who, would, who could easily get, be getting addicted to mm-hmm. them, like, and they, they just give them out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> as you say, much more easier than they would do, uh, say, something like physiotherapy. But, it, yeah. but you were in Holland, you say, when you had that accident. Mm-hmm. So you obviously had some access to cannabis while you were there then um i did but um at the time it was a recreational um thing you know yeah i didn't i'm not the kind of person i don't really have like an addictive personality you know i just kind of i can take something or leave it you know um but with at the time i was there because i loved the music it wasn't all about canvas culture and yeah. like that I, I, I'm into electronic music right so yeah. that's why I went to live there but like it's only in the last maybe five maybe maybe longer maybe seven eight years that um, I have realised that it really does help with the pain okay. and I guess it was times where I didn't smoke it because 
for whatever reason I decided you know, it's fine I'm not in pain it looks like I'm cured and yeah next thing you know pain runs off go by and you're, you're back to square one again you know yeah yeah so um the lockdown made that extremely clear for me you know um because I had access generally there was never much time that went by but when the lockdown came you know it took about a week for the cannabis to leave my system okay yeah and when it left I was I was in a bad way like you know I was completely seized up like uh, really yeah. yeah yeah so that was an eye opener for me you know okay yeah um, yeah I suppose yeah. a lot of people would as we were saying would have had a regular supply and yeah it takes yeah it would be within the the fat of the body is kind of where all of that THC is stored up it does take a while to get out yeah. and then you're left with the uh, the results afterwards where your body is all cramping up mm-hmm. so you'd no choice then but to take the the salpatina the salpatine and the the fives the diazepam yes um yeah having no choice like it, that, and that's that what point. triggered the page uh, to be started um, because for me I, I know yeah. a good few people who've come forward and mm-hmm. always asking questions about like pain oh I have this pain I have that pain oh would cannabis be for me would cannabis mm-hmm. be for me yeah and and it breaks my heart to tell them like uh, like to be honest I I don't know would it be for them yeah. but like I don't like sending them to the black market then either because yeah. of, of the inconsistency there like what if they find out it's for them they find out it's very beneficial and then mm-hmm. they can't get it again Mm. or worse they get exposed to some of the scumbags out there who'll rip them off like you yeah. know um, I, I yeah. think coming from my own background uh, where I understand the, the nature of uh, the natural medicines and stuff mm. like uh, yeah. like it's very important that say you, yourself as a patient that you're informed about what it is you're getting because yeah. you, you need that consistency there when you get your salpidine and when you get your uh, the D5s, mm. like you've a regulated, a standardized dosed medicine. Like when you look at that yeah. packet, that's what you're getting. Yeah. But now you're you're forced to go to the black market. <laughs> yeah, I'm on like it changes every single time, you know. Like especially lately, like when I'm getting when I finally get some, you know, it's like some days like it works really well and I've no pain and it's so cool and then like recently I got some and it barely made a dent yeah so like each time it's different and each time it's like a a lottery of like how I am going to but even for your own records like you know when it works and when it doesn't work but you you've no idea what it is that is working you just know like oh I have Mm -hmm. this cannabis and it worked and I have that cannabis that it doesn't work yeah like we, we don't even have labs or procedures here in Ireland like for people to go. I, I know I'm aware mm-hmm. of a couple of places in Spain mm-hmm. that you can send samples to and they'll do testing for you. Right. But like again, like the, the onus is on the consumer. You have to post some cannabis from Ireland to Spain <laughs> to try to test it. Um, it. It's not going to happen to be honest. As you like, as you know, like cannabis is kind of hard to get. Yeah, and <clears throat> you know that stuff I had there that immediately like. I felt great, you know, I had no pain at all. I mean, I can't get that again, you know, I mm-hmm. can't access it anymore, you know, someone did, did me a massive favour and, you know, I don't even know what it is, what's it called, nothing. Yeah. Know? Um. That pisses me off, like, it really does, you know. Yeah. 
and, yeah. and your own doctor then you were saying earlier um, mm. like you, you talk to your doctor about it um, yeah. John just uh, kind of tell me again about that uh, like when you talk to your doctor how you approach them well it started usually the only time I go to the doctor is when I am in so much pain that I need um, the D5s okay yeah because um, you have to be prescribed those yeah and each time I go in I'm uh, I get third degree and I'm you know I get the spiel these are highly addictive you know that and I'm like you know in bits like hunched over like in yeah. agony going yes I know you know and it, I go through that ring roll every time and it gets very annoying and so one day I just said to the doctor you know you know if it wasn't for the CBD I didn't have the guts to say weed yet you know yeah so I was like if it wasn't for the CBD I'd be in here every week you know and his eyes just glazed over he did, like he didn't even hear me I stayed quiet waited for a response to see what his opinion would be or anything like that nothing and that was it then moved on changed the subject um, and then he, he started going through my uh, file and listing out all the um, drugs that they have offered me over the years yeah so things like Lyrica so SSRIs you know antidepressants um, anti-seizure medication yeah um, neither of which are both of which off license for um, treating chronic pain they don't it's serotonin you know that's, that's all that's right is. yeah yeah, SSRI, um, yeah so you know when I that was my last conversation you know with the doctor and a few but weeks later that flies in the face yeah. of the the old take which is at first do no harm yeah you you've come forward him and you've yeah. expressed your yeah. see your interest in exploring this other uh therapy with cbd that that was beneficial because i suppose mm-hmm. it was too stigmatic for you to even go and say <clears throat> i've been using cannabis and cannabis is mm-hmm. beneficial for my health yeah. the stigma and all of that just kept you from that you said cbd mm-hmm. he's always glazed over and and that's it that was a test like a little tester you know yeah but he he yeah. he has an oath there where he has to do no harm to the patient the patient's come mm-hmm. forward and said she or he or she's using something uh, illegally yeah. and they haven't up uh, like all GPs at the moment, they can all apply to the Minister for Health for a license. Every GP in this country, there is no exception to that. Every GP is an opportunity to go and write a letter, apply for a license for cannabis for any patient, yeah. for any symptom at all. I didn't know that. Yeah, so yeah. if there's like any patients yeah. out there that are listening to this now and your GP isn't entertaining this um Remind them of their oath and then also highlight the fact that they can apply to the Minister for Health for the license, a ministerial license, uh, where you'll have the opportunity to join the other patients and getting on a flight and heading to the Hague and collecting cannabis medicines from the Hague. Because the the pharmacies here can't even dispense these medicines at the moment. They're not recognised. Despite, Mm -hmm. like, uh, a young child uh, above in uh, Ahabulag, Eva Toomey, like she, she's after getting tremendous benefits from from the cannabis oil, and if it wasn't for her mother putting up such a resilient fight and being so damn adamant that she better get access to this, yeah, and uh, she wouldn't have access to it, and her child would be still suffering. God only knows how many seizures every day, every week. You know how many hospital visits she'd be in right now. 
you know, it's it's mad to think. Like if if I think on one hand, uh, you you go to your doctor and you get prescribed all of these medications yeah. and stuff. A lot of these are probably subsidized by the state and and all of that. Yeah. But meanwhile, if you use cannabis, you don't need to get them. Yeah. Like. How much money are we saving the state by people self-medicating illegally with cannabis? Tell me about it. Maybe it's something that they don't want to address because it's it's going to cost them too much money in in the long run. I don't know. Yeah, let me but, tell you this. Uh, recently, I got a call um, from my uh, doctor's office um, telling me that cause I had signed up for physiotherapy in CUH. This is how ridiculous it is now to access things legitimately for me, right? Um, I got a call from my GP's office telling me that um, the CUH had just rang them and that because they couldn't get in contact with me, my physiotherapy appointment has been moved forward eight months. So in eight, they just... Yeah. Not just like that. Because of one missed call. Um, I don't even... I checked back my phone. There was no No missed call. call. They could have gone to my GP and said, you know, is this the right number? Can you contact her? No. It's just eight months later. And I remember, like, with complete resignation, getting off that call and just saying to myself, you know what, feck them now because, I, you know, it's, I already have the treatment and if it wasn't for that weed, like, I would be screwed, mm-hmm. like, absolutely screwed. That would have had a, a way much higher impact on me, just the fact that I already have figured out how to... Um, get relief and live a normal life you know? yeah you're doing the state of service really yeah. like uh, breaking the bloody law yeah. unfortunately yeah like I, I don't know mm-hmm. about um other people but i know myself i've experienced many occasions where uh we get letters i have two daughters myself at home and uh one of them's uh on a waiting list for uh some to see some specialist yeah and uh the amount of letters they sent to us asking us if we wanted to remain on the waiting list yeah i, I think we had to re- reconfirm our position like five or six times over the cor- course of nearly four years of waiting for the appointment like yeah. it was ridiculous like it, there's yeah. almost an, an more of an effort to get people off their waiting mm. list than there is to actually get people seen yeah. and have them come off the waiting list in that way I had a pain consult- consultant and he um, just stopped um, responding to my GP. So I, I'd actually have better luck now trying to get in contact with the Dalai Lama, I swear. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like, he's just this guy in this, with all these firewalls yeah. up again. You know, but you even in that, like, what use is he if you do contact him when you can't even be honest with him about what it is that you do? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, I know myself. I, I, uh, if you see our a nice cigar across here, I, I, mm-hmm. I gashed across it with a, a Stanley blade, cut it nice and wide open. Actually, it was a beautiful cut. Um, uh, the, the nurse was surprised, and I was like, well, she was uh, unbandaging it, and I was like, oh, hang on a sec, I got a Snapchat of this. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, like you, you, you can kind of see, like when I went in, I had to get a this reattached surgically. I was after uh, severing the tendons there, the connection that was in there, so I didn't yeah. have use of my thumb, so they had to reconnect it. Yeah. Yeah. But because of that, I, I went under anesthetic. Yeah. And even though, like, I, I'm kind of a, a very forward person about my cannabis use at the yeah. time. I didn't tell him about it. Mm. Like, and it's kind of important that you tell an anesthesiologist like all of these things because, like. Mm that's a very dangerous drug that they're going to be injecting into your body and like it could react in a certain way with different things maybe you need more maybe you need less because of your cannabis use yeah like had i smoked a joint that day like uh 
that could have had unknown consequences to, yeah. to me on that, that operating table. Like, I, I yeah. could have went into that respiratory failure where, you know, you just have a, a weird reaction to the anesthesia. Yeah. But, like, how many other people are putting themselves at danger like that? Like, how many other pain patients out there? Maybe they're awaiting some serious surgery mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. And they don't disclose to their anesthesiast that they use cannabis. Like, like how many unknown, how many people died uh, as a result of that, I wonder? You know, like just from keeping their mouth shut. Just from keeping your mouth shut, yeah. yeah. Because of the stigma, the fear, like of being judged. Yeah. Um, like you don't want your doctor to think about you in a certain way. I don't want him to think I'm a druggie. Yeah. You know. (laughs) Well, well, for me, it's extra important because you know, like when you're being prescribed uh, opiates and um, uh, Valium and stuff like that, you know, if you go in and tell your doctor, say for example. I smoke weed and, um, you know, I smoke it regularly and it gives me loads of relief. The doctor could easily put in my file, drug seeker. Mm -hmm. And then another doctor comes in and they see that I smoke cannabis. They're less likely to prescribe me the medication that I need, that I only take in an emergency, you know. Um, So I've got to be conscious of all those kind of things, you know, the stuff that gets left in my file, you know, Um, which is also complete and utter bullshit. Yeah. Um, you, you haven't ever been criminalised for it though, have you? I've never been caught. Yeah. No, no, never. Um, <laughs> I, I'm like, yeah, hopefully you don't ever have to deal with that either. Like, it's not a nice experience to go through. Yeah. Uh, but maybe even when, when you're picking up cannabis and stuff, like, uh, you've probably experienced that, like, what if, like, oh, I could mm-hmm. get caught, like, yeah. and, like, yeah. oh, how, how does that make you feel, uh, knowing all of that? That you could be criminalised for taking basically your, your health into your own hands at the I, moment. I think about it a lot, you know. Um, and I, I thought about it in in the way that, like, okay, what would I do, you know, if uh, if I got caught? And the only thing I could do was just tell the truth and say, you know, this is why I use it. And, yeah. you know, like, if you want to treat me like a criminal, that's yours. But I, I'm not going to accept, you know, that, you know, being treated like... You know, finding I'm breaking the law, but I think it's it's an unjust law. You know, very um, much. Yeah, and you have you have a responsibility to to hold your ground, and the same way other people have done over the years, like with uh, gay gay rights and everything else. You know, and I just think it's the same part. You know, like yeah, you know, just gotta. You know, I'd have a conversation with the guards. Do what they will. You know, but mm. like. Yeah, I've had, had many conversations with guards yeah. over the years and a lot of them will sympathise with you and yeah. they just, well, look, I'm only just doing my job. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, I call them Nazis then for that mm. because yeah. the Nazis will say the same thing when they were exterminating the Jews. Like, I know like they're not yeah. killing us at the moment, like, but when mm. the, what they're doing is just as bad. Like, I, I was up in Cork Prison for five days uh, mm mainly because I just refused to pay fines and uh, participate in their charade yeah. of a system, which is the, the justice system. Yeah. They let me go into that court nine times and pay into a charity box and walk out without a conviction for cannabis use yeah. or cannabis an, possession. And that's another thing, you know, is if you have money, then you're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah but that was the thing. Yeah. I didn't have money. Like, I, I was yeah. unemployed. Yeah. I was uh, going yeah. back doing my leaving cert at the time. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I definitely didn't have money. And that was the one thing that killed me. There was one case, I remember, uh, it was in March. 
And I remember the outcome of the case being uh, he, he put it back until September when I got my leave insert results because I went back to the College of Commerce to do my leave insert. So, like, not only did I have to sit my leave insert as a, as a father of a, a teenage father of a child, I was kind of young having a child at the time, like, so that has all its own mm. pressures with it. Trying to find my feet in the world. Mm. I'm now being criminalized again for having cannabis. Yeah. The judge, like, the whole thing, like, of going to college and trying to better my life, like, all of that falls on deaf ears there. He just sees, like, oh, you're caught with cannabis, you're a criminal. Yeah. And for him, like, he, he see no harm in adding the pressure of no a court case uh, to my res- attaching that to my results. Mm. So not only to my future, as in like my, my academic performance, yeah. like uh, right on it. No, like uh, my my my, my uh, viewing within society as a criminal. No, like you know, like whether or not I get a criminal conviction rides yeah. upon whether I do good in my leave and start. At least that's how it was clicking in my own head. Like I was yeah. only twenty at the time. Yeah. Still, you know, very young. Like you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can remember leaving that uh, courtroom uh, I, I wanted to go and just jump into the river like uh, I did contemplate that I was just like because and it happens a lot of people you know it, it does it because a lot people, of people a lot of young guys do that like. they, they break you down really inside their oh, sorry uh, the, the way they speak to you they, mm-hmm. they, they really make you feel like you're, you're shitting into their shoe he speaks mm-hmm. down to you I, I had one guy up before mm-hmm. me before he was up for a grievous bodily harm yeah. that attacked the guy and uh, the judge sympathised with the guy because uh, he was drunk at the time and uh, he he hadn't ever really been in trouble with the guards before so he was like oh fair enough he sympathised with him but then I came up like I'm no victim to my crime I got caught with a bit of cannabis yeah. and he spoke down to me like I was some piece of shit like person like and just like come here, I'm I'm right I'm a person right here in front of you. I'm t- I, I I was speaking for myself, I represented myself in court and I told the judge, like I don't I've no remorse for what I done because yeah. I've hurt nobody. Yeah. I was like, You're hurting me doing what you're doing, like mm-hmm. and I come before you as a citizen, like to challenge yeah. the law, like and yeah. they they always kinda of said, Oh, this isn't a place to talk about the law. They're there just to, to enforce it, I suppose. Uh, that's their job as judges yeah. but the thing that annoys me is like why don't these judges go back and discuss it amongst themselves like how, I, I've seen cases there uh, in the paper where you have cannabis, cancer patients who yeah. grow cannabis for treating their cancer or for assisting with the, the effects of the yeah. chemotherapy and they're getting criminalised yeah. and the judges aren't going back and saying come here lads we, we should have a meeting about this mm-hmm. Yeah. Your, your man there, like he he's on death's door, like, and he was growing a bit of cannabis there to, yeah. to assist with his quality of life before he kicked it. Like, it I, I don't feel right criminalizing yeah. him, doesn't but they're not. Them. Like, yeah. what, what does that say about these people who criminalize people like that? Like, yeah, I think it's 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 getting harder and harder. <clears> I think for them to, uh, you know, tar- paint everyone with the same brush. You know, like it maybe used to be a while back, a few years ago. Um, I just think. Like I read every single article in wherever the Echo, whatever. But um, if anybody's caught, and you know, there's there's always loads of people saying that they're they're using it for medical reasons, you know. Mm. And I'm not sure would that have been reported, or or would people have said that as often maybe back five ten years ago. So I think like the more people that do say that the more people that are just vocal and you know will say in a room full of people yeah you know i i use it or i know somebody that uses it and it helps them massively you know i think the more conversations that are had that way the more it becomes like 
something that can be talked about like yeah say in a family setting with your cousins sitting at having dinner somewhere you know i think it's important for you to just come out and just say something just a sentence you know just to just to challenge their um their you know the way they just see everyone as the same you know some kind of drug fiend yeah yeah yeah, it's yeah. totally not like that. Like, why can't we view a person as we view a person who drinks coffee every morning? Like, coffee, like, we forget it's it's mm. a bean from a plant, yeah. just like cannabis is a flower from yeah. a plant. Yeah. And both can be used uh, uh, in effective ways and respected, like, and not abused. Exactly. But both can be abused. Like, I know people who will drink coffee, like, several times a day, yeah. and that is Ten not... A yeah, yeah, you know, that's not good. Like, that, yeah. that's abuse. Yeah. Sugar is another one that comes from a plant. Mm. It's probably the one, the most widely abused plant mm. compound out there. Like the most yeah. widely abused drug, I'll say. Like sugar is yeah. a drug, and, and we don't acknowledge it. Like you know, um, we don't call these things what they are. They're drugs, but yeah. at the same time, when we talk about alcohol, we don't talk mm. about alcohol as a drug. We yeah. have alcohol and drug policy. You see, like yeah. how we stigmatize like oh. drugs. There's, oh, drugs, bad. Yeah. Except when they're from your doctor, they're good. Yeah, yeah. Except when they're not. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you a really good example. This got my blood boiling. Like, um, this website, I think it's called Very Well Mind or something. Okay. But it lists all the different uh, types of drugs. So the day my doctor listed out all those drugs to me, um, I went home and I looked them all up and I looked at the side effects of all of the drugs like Lyrica, Gambit, and which is the same thing. But... Um, Anyway, I looked at for Lyrica, for example. Um, they recommend that you only come off it under medical supervision. Yeah. And that is best for you to check yourself into some inpatient uh, facility. This American advice. Um, so that's how you come off Lyrica. Yeah. Right. And um, so you go through all the proper names, no brand names, nothing for all the drugs on the website. You get to cannabis. What's it called? Marijuana. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And uh, then you go through it all and it, you look at the uh, side effects and the withdrawals from marijuana. And um, it says, um, withdrawal from marijuana is like coming off coffee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I've met some cranky coffee people in the morning, mm. like, but like, to mm. be fair, like, I, I would prefer them over some person like whose skin is crawling because of some opiate yeah. pharmaceutical drug that they'd yeah. rather have you on instead of this yeah. cannabis. Yeah, that's like coffee to give up. Yeah. <laughs> it's Certainly, there, yeah. you One know. Sentence like you might feel a bit grumpy. Yeah, know, yeah. Or lack of appetite. Yeah, which is better than medical supervision to come off it and you could have yeah. seizures and like permanent um damage to your liver say from salpidol you know then there's the codeine addiction and yes uh, i've been trying to figure out how much lyrica has actually been prescribed in ireland at the a moment lot. like yeah a lot because a lot. like and, and there's a, a big stigma out there around a lot of people don't want to talk about this drug use that mm -hmm. they're they're doing you know so a lot of it happens behind closed doors and a, and a lot of people don't realize then that the, the alternatives that are there because the doctor mm -hmm. isn't talking to them about it the doctor is prescribing them lyrica yep. the doctor's not saying hey uh, maybe you should try to 
get out and try to be a bit more proactive and maybe try to cannabis here look uh, cannabis is a herbal alternative look you can vaporize it you could uh, yeah. you could try it in these different ways you don't even have to smoke it mm. like I know a lot of uh, health professionals don't like to recommend mm. smoking anything like burning and inhaling the, yeah. the combustion yeah. uh, that's not good but a vaporizer a volcano there like that that is a much better uh, way for a patient uh, yeah. to be delivered medicine now, yeah. like yourself, uh, you've mm-hmm. come from this background where it's cultural to, to roll it up and smoke it, like. Mm-hmm. But that's that doesn't need to be perpetuated into uh, the the way in which we give it to patients going exactly. forward. Like yeah. it, it can be professional, a volcano, a, a capsule where the, the, the it's dosed, it's well standardized, it's dosed. They yeah. know exactly how much THC you're going to get by putting this in and vaporizing it for five seconds in yeah. their volcano like yeah. you, you look in ca- uh, Canada at the moment the volcano is found within the the um, elderly care homes so if you go into an elderly care home and if you're a person who prefers to use cannabis as your uh, choice yeah. of medication um, they will have a volcano there and like uh, I've shown the volcano on the podcast a few times before it's just that thing that fills up the bag with vapors mm. rather than uh, burning and combustion okay. Yeah, and it's much healthier and uh, yeah. doctors don't want to talk about this and they yeah. don't want to talk about the overprescribing of these other pharmaceuticals then yeah. as a result yeah it boils my blood like, mm. you know it, just to be it comes back to the physiotherapy yeah. side of things as you were saying it's it's yeah. much easier for them to prescribe a drug than it is to, to help yeah. people make uh, adjust adjustments in their lifestyle yeah. choices and maybe the environment they're within because a lot of the times maybe it's stress or pressure mm. from maybe a work or, or from family and you don't know how to release that. And yeah. it's just constantly building up and it's maybe feels like an anxiety or, or a butterfly in the belly and uh, you don't know how to, to deal with that. It's yeah. much easier for the doctor just to give you a tablet to try to suppress that symptom of these underlying issues rather than to sit down for an hour and talk to and see how you're feeling like yeah. and what, what what your life might be like yeah you know we, we we need a much more holistic approach to, to health and medicine like uh rather than this single pharmaceutical approach that's currently the the norm yeah i mean the way i see it there's there's a lot of people out there that will just accept what they're given and they're you know zombified out of it all day every day like they can't work anymore like um, you know, it's a very clear option for me. It's very, very clear. You know, I I pick quality of life, or I pick like taking endless tablets every day, or I break the law. Yeah. Which do I do? You know. Yeah, it's like okay. Ill- illegally hit or illegally healed or kind of legally sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like what, what do you yeah. choose? Like ah, yeah. you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. Yeah, so yeah, I think it's about time now that, you know, I actually uh, told my mum there recently, you know, that uh, we talk about CBD because my aunt has, uh, well, my cousin actually in uh, in England has MS and she's been using it for years, you know, um, mm-hmm. so my mum spoke to her about that and I would never say anything, um, but on, recently, you know, it's just right, I don't care anymore, so I told her, you know, that, yeah, CBD is great, but it's actually... For me, I need the THC as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that was the first open conversation I had with her um, at the age of 41, you know. Really? Yeah. yeah. So, okay. you know, it's just like, I think we just have to keep 
not cover, keep her mouth shut anymore, you know. Yeah, yeah, we, not to be afraid yeah. just to have this conversation about cannabis and yeah. cannabis use. Like, yeah. I know myself, even with my own parents, uh, obviously with the guards knocking mm. at the door with summonses because I got caught with cannabis, they knew I was on, I like, open. using it. <laughs> but um, it, I still, like, uh, find it very hard to have conversations with them about this, like, mm. about what I do. Mm. Like, I, I do definitely, like, feel that there is this kind of elephant in the room a lot mm. of the times, like, this thing that kind of goes... Uh, untalked about yeah. in certain ways like, yeah. I definitely know I probably have uh, like my mum's support a lot of the time yeah. Uh, yeah. like uh, she, I don't know if she she definitely kind of lets me know I suppose in different ways like yeah. but my, my dad and like it, it's hard to he's a hard nut to crack like it's it's hard to tell really what's going on there under the hood like yeah. uh, how he thinks or feels <laughs> yeah. about things like because he's, he's not the most talkative person I suppose and I kind of reflect that a little bit, like, but it's something I'm working on myself, like, is to, to be I a think, bit more forward. Yeah, I think with parents, though, or, you know, or elders or whoever, or people in authority, like, mm. um, they can imply things a lot. They can imply that yeah. they agree and that they, they know the crack. But, um, yeah, I think it's gone beyond that now. They do, but no, no I, I, missed, I missed the golden <laughs> opportunity yesterday, like, and I'm, I'm still feeling it today. I was walking down North Main Street, and uh, the Lord Mayor was out meeting the street uh, trader or the, the retailers uh, down below there, like, yeah. and my buddy was with me. We were just after having a bit of lunch, and... Uh, I, I should have went over and uh, done a little live segment, just throw up a Facebook Live or something like that and yeah. kind of approach yeah. him and ask him the questions like, how does he feel about the criminalisation of people in yeah. Cork for yeah. something like cannabis use? Yeah. But I didn't. I bucketed it. I kind of like, I leave him, yeah. I, I leave him alone. I, I said I'd yeah. be nice. I didn't want to be confrontational. Like, yeah. But yeah. And today, like, no, I... I, I I regret it. Like we need to be more confrontational, like it, like but in a peaceful and respectful manner. Like I only wanted yeah. to ask this man a genuine question, yeah. but straight away in my own mind, I, I I made it seem like I was going to be confrontational. I, I believe that, like, and it's the stigma. Like yeah. again, it comes back. Even myself, somebody who's here now, who's done, who's been very vocal, very public, and out and open. Like I mm -hmm. still regulate my own behavior because of the stigma. Like you know yeah. that. Or yeah. talking to a person about cannabis, it's actually yeah. like, oh, it's confrontational because yeah. it's illegal. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, I, I don't know if you found it, but like, I think often with the people like that you want to say, ask those kind of questions, like generally they don't have a clue. They're not, they, you know, they actually don't know how to answer you because they haven't done the research because it doesn't affect them. You know, yeah. like maybe they don't have anyone in their family yet who who might benefit from it. Maybe you know, it's not in their That's it. their influence in their life. You know, so like, yeah, I, I think they get their backs up then, like because you're asking them about something that they know nothing about, and yeah. then they have to admit it. <laughs> well, they, they buy into the propaganda that like exactly. all cannabis, it's a gateway drug they and it destroys lives. Yeah. And there, there's no medicinal benefit yeah. to it. Like, that's why it's a Schedule 1 drug. Like, a Schedule yeah. 1 drug is a highly addictive drug with no medicinal benefits. Like, like cannabis is neither of those things. It's a highly enjoyable drug. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. and, uh, like, maybe that is, uh, has an addictive quality to it because they say it's more of a psychological addiction than mm. a physical addiction as such. Yeah, uh, and I think that's different, you know, that's that's self-medicating, you know, mm. which is like, okay, what are you medicating? 
not always, you know, for recreation too, but I'm talking about it when you're addicted to smoke, like, you know, it's yeah. like, okay, you're dealing with something here, you know, like, uh, definitely, yeah. maybe need to look at that, you know. Yeah, and you wonder what percent of the, the cannabis using population are actually self-medicating in some way without actually even knowing. Because what, what they found in an interesting study was uh, with the skin, uh, schizophrenic uh, population that those uh, who smoked cigarettes... Um, they self-medicated with cigarettes without actually even realizing they were doing mm. so because the nicotine had a, a kind of a neuroprotective property mm. and it allowed them to, mm. to kind of have a bit of a cam or something or mm. like whatever it was. It had an effect yeah. there that it benefited them. Yeah. But the, the, the people didn't realize they were doing this. They yeah. just realized they just really enjoyed smoking the fags because yeah. of the feeling that it brought about. But it was the feeling yeah. of normality, like, you know. Yeah, um, yeah I know that as well, like in like... <laughs> In the AA meetings, is it like uh, they could smoke? They could all smoke away, like, but you know, still talk about their alcohol addiction. Yeah. But like, smoking was always allowed because they could, you know, you go, you know, you're you're deep breathing, like. Yeah, know? yeah. So, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's very hypocritical, you know. It's, I guess, we all know the history by now, you know, how it came about and stuff like that. Yeah, podcast as well. Yeah, well, yeah. I, what I was, I suppose, I'd wonder is even in my own situation when I was growing up, like I was quite an energetic young, like I suppose mm. I was a bit wild, mm. and uh, I can remember like when I first got introduced to the hash, it was through my cousin. Yeah, and uh, I rather enjoyed it, like, but I didn't like. No, even now thinking about it, like, what was it that I enjoyed about it? Like, I don't know. Like, it brought a sense of calm, mm. like. It really allowed me to relax and to, to unwind in different ways. Like allowed me to to, to just be more connected to myself. Like uh, it was a feeling that I didn't feel when I didn't have mm. uh, when I didn't have cannabis. You know, it, it was a, it was a weird one. Like so, I wonder even then, like was I self medicating in a way? Like you know, mm. because I'd imagine if you brought me to a doctor now, when I who I was back then, they would yeah. have probably gave me. ADHD or yeah. one of these other labels and yeah. prescribe me one of these other drugs now. Right, yeah. You know, like because I was that kind of uh, a <laughs> young, like I was a bit mad, like a small bit mad. Don't get me wrong, though. Don't get me Maybe. wrong, though, you know, with, with the drugs because, or with prescription drugs, because, like, <clears throat> um, I obviously think, like, many drugs out there, including actually um, medication for ADHD, uh, I've seen how it works. It works really well mm-hmm. actually for a lot of people it changes their lives you know yeah so uh, i'm not against drugs in general um but i am against um using things off label because yeah. somehow they seem to work you know and it, they don't it's just all you're doing is triggering yeah the, the serotonin well I, I suppose what i was touching off with maybe was that uh maybe i would have been misdiagnosed with something yeah. that maybe I, that didn't yeah. exist or something yeah maybe yeah. you know yeah exactly um, yeah that that's kind of I I'm definitely not against all these other medications. Mm. They definitely mm. have their uses. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. some of the other ones that we kind of touched off of, like Lyrica mm. and all of these ones, like these are not yeah. medications you want to be on in any long term form and whatsoever. Not at all. <laughs> not <laughs> not whatsoever. Like like there yeah. there is definitely pretty good uses there for different medications yeah. around ADHD and yeah. stuff. Not disputing yeah. that at all. Yeah. But that yeah. what I would ask, like, is mm. like. I seen. Have you seen the documentary Stoned Kids? 
No. No, okay. <laughs> it's, it has a very controversial name, Stone Kids. Okay. Like, but yeah. again, it was, um, it, I think it was following a couple of kids who had epilepsy and things oh. like that. And uh, they were giving them cannabis. And yeah. like, the kids weren't stoned at all. Like, it's mm. this misconception. Like, mm. like even now, like, uh, you've had a, a smoke there in the last while. Like, you, like yeah. do you feel stoned? Like, you know, like there's a misconception around there like that yeah. oh my god everything's going to change like your your perception yeah exactly your perception of reality is altered now but it's not it's just that your camera you're you're in a bit more of a centered state yeah. you're more present um, well the way i see it like um when it comes to medicating with cannabis like um maybe a side effect is being a little bit stoned you yeah know? that's me that's a side effect for great you know like that's a uh, it's not the worst side effect yeah um and people you know they they talk about how oh you know the psychoactive effect but like what about the 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 zombie effect that you get from all the other medications yeah yeah like well that's okay but that isn't well that's it like yeah and and when i say stone i'm talking about it in the the derogatory sense Uh, that people would use against us like oh a bunch of stoners and Oh, sure, you smoke that. You're just going to be stoned off your mind, like. But mm, I can't stand that. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's it's actually not even that. Like a lot of the times, you're actually more within your mind when you consume cannabis. Like you're you're much more engaged with your thoughts, with yeah. your your thinking and stuff. Like a lot. Yeah. I think that's what was missing for me as a young fella. Actually, mm-hmm. really, was I wasn't thinking at all. Like I was just acting all the time. Mm. I never allowed myself to think upon yeah. things. I just acted. Yeah, yeah. And and maybe that that in itself like was uh, something that cannabis allowed me to, to do because it did it did give me that sense of calmness like and uh, centered yeah. brought me, made me present. Same so. here. I was that only happened to me this morning. I was just I was sitting there having a smoke and I just went hmm, you know this has made me like think beyond like say a box of thoughts and yeah. let me venture out maybe this way and this way and go oh that's interesting and I don't think I would have thought of those things at all if I hadn't had a smoke you know yeah definitely so, like, so it opens up these pathways to creativity yeah. that normally aren't uh, yeah. that aren't there like yeah um, I'd say the same pathways maybe that you know are not the same ones but you know it also opens up pathways where your body is going it's okay Mm-hmm. you know and which then turns off the uh, pain signals or reduces it you know in, in your uh, central nervous system um so like it just has so many benefits you know um it's also with sorbitol you you can't really eat because you're so sick mm-hmm. so like w- with this i have a normal appetite i can sleep um you know it, it's way more benefits than just pain relief like yeah you know? absolutely way more benefits like, yeah um, even with the the cons of the the added criminality effects to it like yeah. so like out like normal drugs don't come with that when when you get them from the doctor like mm-hmm. but you would still prefer to, to use cannabis even though it comes with yeah. this added risk of being made a criminal like or like that the fact that you could be victim to being stopped and searched by the guardie at any time because you might smell like you have cannabis on you. Yeah, that's <laughs> something that I've um, thought about and went, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. If, if it means that I can have a normal life, 
then well, I'm going to do it. Well, this is yeah. something that the the Minister for Health now, who Steve, Stephen Donnelly, like he's a new Minister for Health. Uh, yeah. Like I, I hope he hears this, like and, and the other people like you who are expressing this day in day out, mm. that they have to break the law, and they're they're more than willing to break the law to get access to yeah. something that gives them a much better quality of life than the traditional pharmaceuticals that are being yeah. forced upon them by their doctors and their pain consultants who aren't being educated either about uh, how medicinal cannabis works within the human body, you know? Yeah. Like, even myself, when I went to do... I'd done herbal science in college, yeah. we were taught about the opioid receptor system. Yeah. I'd done my own project uh, within pharmacology on the endocannabinoid system. Yeah. yeah. And I really enjoyed doing it, like... And I taught my lecturers a couple of things because yeah. they weren't even aware of uh, some of the mechanisms that were at play there. Like, and they were, oh, that's very interesting. Like, oh, yeah, you know? And the doctors, the, the other guys out there, like, they're yeah. not being taught this stuff still currently in in colleges. Maybe that has mm. changed now within the yeah. last year or two. Mm. But, like, normally, like, the mainstream education on medicine is, like, the opioid re- the receptor system for treating pain. And that, that's kind of the only one. They, they don't get taught about the endocannabinoid yeah. system. And mm. th- it's it's huge. It's connected to nearly everything within the body, yeah. like you know. It regulates, isn't it? It's like a oh yeah, it's it's the connection with the, the yeah. homeostasis of the body, yeah. like and the 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 immune system of the body. I you can know. feel it. I can feel it all, every day. Yeah. yeah, like initially it started, they thought it was the CBD, the CB one mm. receptor and the mm. CB two receptor. Yeah. But now that they find that there's actually much of further interaction there with other receptors. Mm. And then you add the terpenes, the flavonoids, and all of the other compounds that are within, say, full-spectrum extracts yeah. and within the cannabis flower. Um, like, yeah. it's it's mad, like the, it's very, it's very highly complex to, that we understand yeah. that. Yeah. And our doctors aren't being taught about how to use this because yeah. they're scared of the complexity. And we have to self-educate, you know, mm. um, and that's how it works, you know, um, because the doctors aren't going to figure it out for us like you know you kind of have to take your health into your own hands you know yeah and I you know I'm on like I'm thinking about moving to Spain now or to some other country where I'm not going through this constant rigmarole of chasing and seeing if this weed works yeah I'm spending so much money I can't afford it and so what what does that mean for you is it just would it be you're leaving your parents behind uh, and you're just going yourself or do you have family and kids? No, it would just be me. Yeah. Um, I don't want to leave. You yeah. Know? Um, but I feel like I have to think about it at this stage, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah, I nobody said, wants to be, be forced out of their country. like. Yeah. And, um, and essentially that's what yeah. you're being forced to, to consider here now at the moment. It's like. getting like that. It's getting like that. I mean, it might come to a point again when things go back to normal after the pandemic where I have a regular supply again but just the whole principle of the thing now with the stage where I'm like well fuck this like why am am I being treated like uh, criminalised why do I have to like you said why do I have to worry about walking down the street with Mm. some weed in my bag why can't if I if I'm out with my friends say we're at a pub or somewhere I can't stand outside and smoke a split because I have like shooting pain up my back or something. Yeah. You know, I have to go around dark little alley and, you know, this kind of thing, you know. Uh, I just think it's so, it's just all wrong. It's It's all fucking wrong. Like, it's not fair. And then people can, 
get pissed and fall around the place. No bother, you know? Yeah. It's just... Oh, I, I missed uh, many family events because of uh, of just that very thing there. Like, I just couldn't deal with the, the hypocrisy. Mm. To be standing there, watch all these people partake in their own social yeah. uh, lubricant, like, but... Yeah. I'm I'm not allowed to enjoy my so- yeah. social uh, lubricant, uh, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, and and I would be judged too by those same people a lot of the times, like for for my choice to to do that, like yeah. you know, it's uh, yeah, I mean, same, I mean, like it's highly hypocritical, <laughs> <laughs> really, like it just uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I think it so is. do do you think um, you would go down that road so um, of leaving the country? Yeah, how, how likely do you think that is? You, you, how long do you have left in your course? <laughs> oh, like I'm finishing now. Like I'm just repeating um, okay. assignments at the moment, and then I'm finished. So, I mean, it's hard, a bit hard now to move because of everything that's going oh, on. Oh, of course, know? yeah, the restrictions and movement and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not that easy then again now to even come to that conclusion or make that decision. I actually forgot so, about that complexity to it. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, and if I went, then how would I get? would I be able to come home or um, yeah. see people you know like so so that's just probably adding to the, just the worry and anxiety and stuff like you know yeah you, just, you've more questions than answers by the sounds yeah, of it you know it just feels like um, you're in a tunnel you know and it's like I'm being squeezed from both sides you know with the illegality the constant boasting of the cops on on the newspapers and social media of all the weed they've caught and all I'm just thinking is like do you know how many people are gonna screw because of your when you see that actually as a person who suffers with chronic pain and who probably was unable to be get to get their hands in cannabis and next you see our Gardaí like boasting that they're after like raiding uh, there, there was a couple of farms down in West Cork there they yeah. got it like with a couple mm-hmm. with 30 plants there one of them had like yeah like, how, how does that make you feel like when, when you see that I think of okay maybe a percentage you know it might be black market but it, when it's like that it's somebody who I generally I find I just think of literally there's probably at least 20 people at least 20 people who rely on that smoke in their general in that general area to um, live a normal life uh, to live a pain free day mm-hmm. um, and it's been cut off and the cops are like yay go us you know yeah yeah. like they're protecting all these like kids you know like which the only reason it's like that is because it's in the it's black market you mm-hmm. know and I a lot of people who are growing now, I think, who make that decision to grow are, are doing it because it's like a form of um, activism, I guess, you know. It is, you know? definitely it is. Uh, and it's it's like, a form of empowerment. Yeah, and it's like, okay, I, I can grow this. I have a bit of land. I maybe have a friend of a friend who has MS. And, yeah. uh, you know, and they're giving it to their friend. Like, yeah. You know, it's not all these you know it's not like people like to think it is you know where it's all like gangsterism and everything like that and the only reason it is like that is because we're criminalized you know and you know yourself you know like it's just they i think just the people in power just don't have the inclination 
don't give a shit because it doesn't affect them specifically and the only way yeah. like they do anything is um when people kick up a stink you know <laughs> well, yeah our t-shock he admitted yeah. he took yokes like did he yeah yeah he <laughs> said he took yokes there back in the day like, and he was in college or wherever he was <laughs> so he was a student uh doctor or whatever it was like sure the student doctors are well known like for for getting all the good drugs like because they know the good ones to take yeah and uh <laughs> sure you remember Stephen donnelly as well the, the health minister like he's admitted mm. to using cannabis yeah. So he knows what the crack is there as well. Like, hopefully he had a good time with it and it wasn't yeah. a, a bad experience. Yeah. But he, he said it like that. If a person grows a plant that does no harm to another person, that why should that person be a criminal? Well, I, I hope he yeah. stands by that. And I hope any patient that goes to court has the support of Stephen yeah. Donnelly. Like, because like he's quoted in the media and saying that. And, he, and he's actually yeah. gone one further and uh, said recently that he stands by those uh, comments so I, I really hope he, he puts his uh, put, puts actions there really where the words are and uh, start supporting people like uh, like would you ever consider growing yourself yeah I'd love to yeah but I'm not in the position to you know yeah uh, I live in a rented house mm-hmm. and there's no spare place to do it it's um, not my I live with my landlord as well so it's not I can't just yeah. go out and but it's something you've there. thought of anyway though <laughs> yeah I mean like, that's what I'm trying to do you know I, I'm trying, yeah. trying to maybe I don't know live the next place I look for to live will actually the main criteria will, will I be able to go yeah but how um, much cannabis do you consume say a week to manage your pain symptoms um, or even a month let's say, say what would you need uh, let's say over we'll do a week because uh, math yeah. isn't the best um, <laughs> so over a week, I, I'd say maybe over 10 days, 50, 50 quid. Yeah, so about that's about three and a half grams, so there about yeah. three and a half grams, yeah. depending on who your dealer is. Yeah. And going around for 50 quid now is like two grams nearly. <laughs> it's fucking crazy out there. Like. Yeah. So like, let's say three and a half grams uh, a week, 50 weeks, uh, mm-hmm. 52 weeks in the year. So you're, you're talking about like a uh, hundred and... Well, say 170 grams, like, let's mm-hmm. say, like, you know, a couple of ounces. So, yeah. if you were to do one grow mm-hmm. of four plants, yeah. you could satisfy your year's need. I could. Um, one grow of four plants, yeah. that's a year's need for yourself. Um, and, and any patient out there like yourself, uh, mm-hmm. and how easy that would be to, to do. Yeah. But yet, if the Gardaí come, like, I, this is an interesting one, actually. Mm-hmm. I had a guy message me the other day. And he was doing that. He was growing himself for pain management. Uh, he yeah. he had uh, operations because of cancer and stuff like this. Yeah. And um, he got raided, but he got raided the day after he harvested. So the cops caught him with uh, two plants. Yeah. And what they said was um, nearly ten thousand euro worth of cannabis, but it was it was about uh, an ounce at most. Like, but because it was wet, they weighed it wet. And they'd done him for that, like. Whereas if they caught him with it, like, it, it was only a trimming off of the plant. Like, mm. the plant was still standing. He only took a trimming off of it, like, yeah. a couple of branches. And they're doing him for the wet weight with the branches included and the whole lot, like. Mad, like, like they, they valued the, the wet weight within that, like. But if they came the day before when it was attached to yeah. the plants, they would have got him with two plants. And they would have yeah. valued it at 800 euro a plant. <laughs> So, yeah. like, even in his own situation there now again, like, uh, mm. he has to go to court. He's He has uh, his medicine taken away from him, and he's yeah. now back on these other drugs. Yeah. 
so not only does he not have access now to his own medicine, he has to go look for it and break the law further, you know. I mean, there are his options, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Or move to another country. Or move to another country, yeah. <laughs> nobody wants to do that. Like, and, and to be honest, nobody wants to be a criminal either. Like, I never wanted to be a criminal. It's literally the only thing I do that breaks the law, like, literally. Yeah, yeah the exact like, same. I'm a normal... I've never been done for any violent or... You know, I've never been in front of police, like the cops, for anything. Like, and the only thing would be smoke, like. Yeah. You know? And, um, yeah, so, you know, it's just at the stage now where it's just like, <laughs> fuck this, like, you know, like, gotta. How far away do you think we are from legalisation here? Um, I, I would like to connect it back to the pandemic, and it's like, the more people, you know, Okay, maybe I won't, but... No, go the, for it. <laughs> more, I think it depends on how vocal, <laughs> how vocal people, yeah. Depends yeah. How, how much it spreads into, like, the general consciousness of society um, where it can actually be a conversation between, say, um, the mother-in-law and the, or your uncle or your, your grand-aunt, you know. When yeah. it becomes like that, I think, then when it becomes accepted... So that is basically impossible to judge. <laughs> yeah, it is, definitely. Yeah. Hopefully, I don't know, maybe in five years from now. In five years, that's yeah. what you would think, yeah. Yeah, and I think I'm okay. being a bit um, optimistic there. Really, yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. yeah. I, I would hope to believe that we could get it done within the year. Like, but as I said, like I am a little bit mad, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what, what do you think of the idea of civil disobedience? I think it's absolutely, utterly necessary. Um, that's, you know, how I feel about it now. Um, like, you know, we say, like, for any movement, like, um, when mm. it's an unjust law, it's your responsibility to um, challenge it, like, and uh, I feel I have a responsibility um, because, like, things change when you chip away at it. Yeah. Like, you know, it may not be grand gestures, like, but if you keep chipping away um more people come on board and you know yeah um, oh, shit, I the question. <laughs> yeah no no you're grand no i, I suppose uh what are you getting at is like i i feel like I, I scare people sometimes with my extremism in my approach to this like because uh mm-hmm. i'm i'm almost uh fully behind the need to for us to be uh very strong and uh in the movement and civil yeah. disobedience like because uh, yeah. I suppose and it's mainly because of my own experience it's uh, every time I've been criminalised for cannabis mm. it's taken well over a year for them to process my file mm. so that means like there's a file sitting there somewhere in a desk for well over a year like that yeah. over that year like I'm, I'm mm. just filled with anxiety and all of these other ill feelings like yeah. that uh, yeah. that are unwanted really in my life like and they make me feel sick like yeah. and um it's because of that I'm, I'm I'm aware that we have a very powerful tool that we haven't used as citizens, and mm-hmm. that's challenging the law by breaking it. Yeah. Because we can basically clog mm-hmm. up the system. Yeah. Like if yeah. if I was to like I've I've an idea that if I go to a guard station, yeah, I can go in with a hemp seed and yeah. a yogurt pot with a little mm-hmm. bit of dirt inside it, yeah. and I can pop that hemp seed into that yogurt pot, yeah. and I can ask to be done then for cultivation. Yeah. 
So that guard now needs to do me for cultivation. But yeah. not only that, he has to then send yeah. that file to somebody in the DPP. So they need to process that yeah. file. That file then needs to be sent to the, back to the guard who needs to deliver the summons to me, mm. who then needs to bring me to court. Yeah. Like that guard needs to do all of that, that arresting guard, whoever I asked to do that. Yeah. But if I was to go to every guard station in Cork, yeah. every one of them, like in the city, in the county, and do that like for a day... And then that means that there's a guard from every guard station now in the county or the city has to go and fill out some paperwork, send yeah. it to the guys up in the DPP. Now this guy in the DPP has a, got a file from every guard in the county yeah. for one guy <laughs> for putting a seed in a pot in, in an effort to draw attention to what yeah. it is. It's silly. It's a ludicrous, unjust law. Yeah, it is, absolutely. <laughs> so like that, that's something that I'm, I'm definitely going to be yeah. pushing towards doing a, as an act of civil disobedience. But also, it's uh, you're probably aware of the, the protests that happened in Phoenix Park and yeah. down in uh, Fisher's Park uh, last month. Yeah. We're going to organise more like that. So there'll be, bring your own bud events. Like I know people have mm -hmm. difficulty in finding flour, but like, even yeah. if you can't find flour, come on down and just enjoy the good vibes of the community on the yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's going to be on the 8th of August below again. At the same spot where we held the last one by Fitzgerald's uh, skate park. But that's another day for civil disobedience. Bring your own boys, all the community there together in unison, breaking what, uh, what is a, a law that discriminates against us. Yeah. Who are cannabis consumers, cannabis patients. Just normal people. You know? Just normal people just, who don't want to be criminals yeah. any longer. We don't yeah. need. We don't want to play this game of bad guys, good guys. Like you know, exactly because it's not so black and white. You know, no, people like to think it is. There's no bad drugs. Like there really are no bad drugs. They're just bad ways of using them. As I said, like coffee, sugar, mm. like you know, these are drugs, just like yeah. the other ones. But we don't see them as drugs because we see them as good drugs. So they're not even drugs now. They're just mm. foods. But, you know, we, why can't we have cannabis just normalised where, like, CBD now, they're talking about trying to make mm -hmm. CBD a narcotic. <laughs> and it doesn't even get you high or anything like that at all. Like, it's it's totally non-psychoactive. And they're trying to now to say, oh, uh, it's a narcotic. Unless it's synthetically derived, then it's not a narcotic. Yeah, so it's back to trying to patent it again, isn't it? Um, you said it. Take it out of the hands of the the public, you know. Yeah, yeah, it um, seems that way. Like it, think, it, yeah. it always comes back to nearly like being seen as the conspiracy guy with the tinfoil hat, thinking that there's somebody out there conspiring to to keep it illegal to make money off it. It's just business. But the more and more you look into it, it does seem that way. <laughs> Certain aspects, for sure. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm um, like, you know, even just going back to what you're saying about CBD. You know, I I tried to go down that route as well. You know. Yeah. Um, but the uh, let's say for example, first it was difficult to find the right type, you mm -hmm. know, and I did find that. But I found um, that I needed to take away more um, than the one drop a day, so it became actually really expensive and cumbersome for me to access it like that. But not only that, I needed to um, also have the THC, so um, the CBD alone. Wasn't enough. Wasn't doing it. Like, didn't yeah. kill the pain at all, you know. It made me feel calm and relaxed in, mentally. Mm -hmm. But, like, physically, I was still seizing up and cramping and stuff. So, yeah. You know, it's well and good to say, oh, great, CBD. But, like, a lot of pain patients... Can't access it effectively. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was something I was talking about recently. The doses people need to be taking... 
um, in order to keep up with the pain management it's like it's quite high when you don't have thc a lot or to to work alongside of it yeah. and it's uh there's many people out there being misled because they're they're yeah, I suppose they're they're just seeing things online. There's a lot of uh, internet uh, pages out there, like claiming all sorts of things. Yeah. Now these pages aren't really selling things, yeah. but they're making the claims, and then people mm. are going looking for yeah. products that contain CBD because they yeah. read out there that it can cure their cancer or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, but isn't isn't that it's just CBD though, isn't it? So like you don't have any of the other components some of the times yeah at the, yeah. At the moment now it seems yeah. like that's the way the market is pushing to be just cbd for a yeah. while there was some full spectrum um, cbd yeah. extracts out there but yeah. uh they were like thc free or they were from plants where the uh they adhered to the eu minimum standards of tolerable thc mm-hmm. levels yeah. there actually is a level within the eu uh of tolerable uh yeah. thc in food from hemp products, but it's it's tiny, yeah. like it's like zero point zero seven um, micrograms yeah. per kilogram or something like that, like uh, something ridiculous anyway, like uh, really really small, like it's That's crazy. It might as well not be there. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, oh man, yeah. All I can say is that you know to have effective um, treatment for myself, um, it's like it's not just CBD, it's not just THC. It's not just oil. It's it's actually being able to access all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like I know other people have said, like you smoke a joint to get, say, relief in that moment. Let's say, um, and then you get you know pain reduction, like massive pain reduction. I like get about at least eighty percent to hundred, depending on the type of smoke. Um, yeah, but that only lasts for about four hours. Okay. Yeah. You know. So, so there there is the. The added thing with the edibles, then that you're probably missing out on, maybe if yeah. if you're like the smoking, the, that is a short term uh, method. It is, as you said, four hours is that you get pain relief. Yeah. So if you were to have a smoke in the morning, then mm-hmm. you kind of get very quick uh, effects that are felt there because of the delivery yeah. method. Yeah. But if you were to consume then an edible or something on top mm-hmm. of that, that could re- actually reduce my. Um my yeah. joint intake let's say you know yeah um, but i can't get to that stage because mm-hmm. everything is so hit and miss like yeah with, um accessing definitely things, um whether it's legality or financial you know like there's yeah. both of those things but in a regulated environment you would be able to access that where you would have that yeah access where you could walk into a place and be like right my pain uh, yeah. i need something for my pain yeah but i also need something that's not going to put me to sleep for the day because i need to consume it already in the morning yeah you you yeah. be able to go in with these kind of requests, and they'll be able to cater for those needs too, yeah. because of uh, the variety that that exists within the plants, you know. And if you have a knowledgeable uh, salesperson or uh, a yeah. bud tender, as they they call them in uh, some of the, the the places, the dispensaries in yeah. the US, yeah, um, they're able yeah. to provide you with a, a strain that meets your needs, you know. Yeah. And you can do that there, but again, as we say here, like you're you're a chronic pain criminal here now at the moment in Ireland, and uh, mm-hmm. sadly, like uh, that's going to continue now for another while. Um, yeah. But I suppose we'll keep doing our bit in order yeah. to the fight and have these things changed and uh, have people like ourselves' voices heard. Yeah, um, just humanize it. Yeah, just humanize it, normalize yeah. it, and just just to show it like that. Like again, you're you're not some crazed drug addict who wants. To just consume all the drugs. No, you actually just want quality of life. You want to be able to just get up and do your bits and pieces 
free from pain but also free from the the nasty side effects of some of the mainstream drugs that are trying to force you upon you i like having my liver i, I yes i like not being addicted to opiates yes yes so there we are. Yeah, Lisa, thanks very much for uh, your time here today. Really, it's been a pleasure sitting and talking with you. And uh, I hope more people follow in your footsteps and uh, just just pick it up and uh, get out there, have their voices heard, mm-hmm. share their stories, you know, help normalize this and uh, yeah. just help with the, the efforts to, to have this plant like uh, re-legalized because, again, we have to remember it wasn't always illegal it was made illegal foolishly by some men back in 1960s or whenever that was yeah. at the same time when being gay was illegal and having condoms was illegal exactly. so let's not forget that like this was something that we put upon ourselves like back then this is something we have to fight now to have removed from uh, our society again yeah. so unless there's anything else uh, you want to add there uh, today I'm, I'm happy to to yeah. leave it there yep yeah, there's uh, one quick thing just yeah. um I just anyone listening just like just have a little conversation with your aunt or your uncle or your mum or or somebody you know just like throw something in there yeah just plant a seed exactly like yeah I'm sure like everybody would prefer to talk about this and the bloody coronavirus anyway like it'd be definitely a nice change of subject for people So definitely, that that is a great call to action for the end of this uh, wonderful conversation. I really enjoy talking to you. So so guys, you you heard Aaron Martin's word from uh, Lisa, the chronic pain criminal. Get out there, have a nice friendly conversation with your your friends and family about cannabis and um, let's do our part to to have this legalised in the country. Guys, thanks very much for uh, your your time anyway. This is Martin Condon signing off. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your evening.